Welcome to Santa Barbara Talks with Josh Molina. It's my pleasure today to be here with none other than the NewsHawk founder, Bill McFadden, a guy I've known for a long time, my boss, and uh, one of my friends over the years who's been very supportive of me journalistically, and someone who goes back uh, a long time, back to uh, 1999 when um, I first started working at the local paper, and uh, Bill was a copy editor, fixing up all my work way back then making my stories better. And he's making a career out of doing that, apparently, among other things. Uh, but uh, Bill, I want to talk to you today as our, our inaugural sort of episode for the new year here, uh, kicking off 2022. I thought I would lead with the best journalist in town, Bill McFadden. How are you today? Uh, well, uh, thank you. I'm great. But uh, clearly, that means you couldn't get Tom Bolton to do this. <laughs> well, I have to save something for later. Tom is certainly the other best journalist in town, and he's totally untouchable at breaking news. I just sit back in awe, but we'll talk yeah. to him at some point. Okay. Well, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about NewsHawk. Uh, this is a special year, as I understand it. I'll let you sort of talk about that. But, um, you know, NewsHawk is this grow, you know, I don't want to say it's growing anymore. It's sort of established uh, you know, it's really not that old in the grand scheme of things, but really quickly has cemented itself as being the super important essential news source in the community. And so I want to sort of talk to you about where we're at with NewsHawk right now in terms of the role NewsHawk plays, um, the things that NewsHawk does that are uh, unique from what other media entities try to do in town. And how have you been able to survive 15 years, Bill? Let's let's talk about NewsHawk and, and what NewsHawk is today. Sure. Um, yeah, 15 years. It only seems like 50. But, um, uh, you know, NewsHawk was founded, if you, if you put on your Wayback hat, um, back in 2007 to, to really address the absence of reliable and trustworthy local news in southern Santa Barbara County, specifically Santa Barbara and Goleta. Um, in about a six-week period the year before, um, the daily newspaper imploded. Uh, KYT had a significant downsizing. So in about a six-week period, all of a sudden, there was no source for pretty much everyday mainstream local news. And I knew that people were online looking for news, not being able to find it. Um, but I didn't know whether um, advertisers would be online looking to sell and that they would support that. Um, so I put together a plan, went out and shopped it um, to businesses. And it turned out um, several of them, specifically Village Properties and uh, Renee Grubb and Ed Edick, um, got the concept and um, bought, uh, committed to advertising for a year. And then I convinced them to prepay. And that, that provided the seed funding to get NewsHawk started. So we launched in October of 2007. And we tried to be at this general interest newspaper online just without the paper but we realized very quickly that it's really expensive to do that and we'd be out of money and by you know next week if we continued on that path but at the same time we it suddenly uh our epiphany was that the the google analytics were actually gold uh, gold a gold mine you know they were telling us every hour of every minute every minute of every hour of every day what our readers wanted and what it, were interested in and so we started following the Google Analytics and started, uh, you know, reporting on more and more on what the issues that were of importance to our readers. And that that really got a, our audience growing. It, I'm not going to lie. It was it was pretty small at first. It was, you know, we were looking for a hockey stick. Um, it didn't really happen that way. But, you know, blessed or cursed, Santa Barbara County has a ton of emergencies and disasters every year. And each time there was a disaster or a significant news event, our traffic would spike. And then a, a few days later, it would drop, but the drop would be higher than it was before. And so when you look at the continuum of NewsHawk's traffic over the 15 years, every spike has been related to a natural disaster or, a, or a, uh, you know, something catastrophic. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until 2018 or 2017, excuse me, the, the Whittier fire that July, when the traffic just went off the charts. And then it was just the succession of news events that pushed us higher and higher. The Thomas fire, then the Montecito debris flows, and then COVID. And that just um, 
really, I think those four or five events cemented us into Santa Barbara's consciousness that whenever there's breaking news, whenever there's important news, we have to go to Newshawk to find out. And nine times out of 10, it's there when you go the first time, but 10 times out of 10, it's go there when you go the second time. And a lot of that is a testament to our staff, like you, Josh, who are known in the community, have been doing this for a long time, and have a, have a reputation that um, you know, helps Newshawk uh, when push comes to shove. People just trust us. And I think we've proven over time that, that we're reliable and trustworthy, and that's, uh, that's really important, especially in this day and age of the internet where you, you know, there's blogs, there's uh, social media platforms. You know, anybody can go on there and say anything, and that's great if you understand the parameters there, but at some point you wanna know, like, what can I trust? Does this person really know what I'm talking about? And more important, I think for us is, is it about a community that I recognize? So for us, it's really important when we go to a school board meeting or to a city council meeting um, and we're reporting on that event and people who were there recognize that, that that we're just writing the story about that event we're not trying to characterize it in something other than than what happened and we're able to do that because of the strength of our staff and the the care and professionalism that they have so can you talk a little bit about creating or covering news in this community I feel like we have a lot of journalism in this town. And by journalism, that's that's a large umbrella. You know, we, we have the daily paper, which was at one point, you know, when it was owned by the New York Times, considered to be the daily paper of record. And of course, there were always those critics who, you know, they're always not going to like the, the main paper in town. But it was a place where you had, for the most part, the best journalists were working at that paper. And right. then we obviously had that meltdown. So now we've got all these journalists sort of fragmented. You know, we've got we've got uh, people working here and there, and, and we've got Ed Hat, and we've got, like you said, um, you know, uh, uh, citizen journalism. You know, people kind of just posting things. Um, we've got a weekly. We've got Newshawk, which is like a twenty four seven online daily. We still have the old paper record, which is still doing its thing. And what are the challenges, or, or you know, how, how do you how does Newshawk? How did Newshawk make an impact? knowing that with the breakup of the daily paper, there was sort of all these other people trying to do journalism and fill that gap. How did Newshawk sort of compete with that? That's a really good question. And, um, you know, I think, I think it was, there were several reasons in Santa Barbara. There, Santa Barbara had some unique circumstances, as you said, the, the implosion um, really galvanized the community in ways that other communities just didn't have. Uh, you know, it was so dramatic, it was so profound, it was so widespread that 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 you couldn't that the status quo was unacceptable. Something had to change. Something had to be invented to 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 um, fulfill that or fill that void. In other communities, you know, it, it wasn't anything so dramatic. It was just this long decline. It's no secret that what I call fossil media is under intense financial pressure. And you'll see these newspapers continue to shrink and shrink and shrink. And they're really playing not to not to lose, but they're not not playing to win. And the readers are not served by that. But over time, people just accept that because they they just don't notice that it's that it's getting worse um, in Santa Barbara because of the, the daily newspaper. It was we were shocked into into um, activism. We had to, this was not acceptable for a community of our size. And you're right. We do have a lot of journalists here. Um, but part of that is because Santa Barbara is a great place to be. You know, when, when you and I were at the daily newspaper under the New York times ownership, you know, that's a mid time, mid-sized newspaper, uh, in a mid-sized market. And historically journalists at those papers always want to grow to a better paper, a bigger paper. So they, they their goal is not to be, to stay in Santa Barbara or to stay at that paper, but to go to the Los Angeles Times and the New York Times and the Miami Herald. But because of Santa Barbara, we were able to attract and retain journalists who didn't want to go to those bigger papers. They wanted to be in Santa Barbara. So just like with UCSB and City College and Westmont, we got really talented people who gave up something 
on their career path because they wanted to stay in Santa Barbara because of our community. So that that's a benefit for all of us. But but the in the early days of the of the implosion, you know, the internet was there. There were there were blogs and there were news sources out there. And so everybody was online trying to find out what was going on. And for a while, it's it's kind of cool because you feel like you know something nobody else does. You know, I went to this website and I got this information. I listened to this radio broadcast and I got this information. I talked to so-and-so and I got some information and now I have more than you. But for the most part, you know, that's an exhausting process and they're not trained journalists. They have other jobs. They're bank tellers or they're auto mechanics or they're teachers or they're, you know, doing something else. But being a journalist is not what they're cut out to do. And so, they, they got tired of that, just weary of that. And so that void, there was this kind of soup of all this stuff going around and Newshawk provided a platform with professional journalists um, doing our thing and just covering the community in uh, areas that, that they couldn't find other, any, any place else. You know, one of the first things we did, we had Rob Kuznia, um, it was one of our first reporters and he had covered the K-12 beat for the daily newspaper. And in the time between the implosion and Newshawk's launch, I don't think anybody in town had covered the school board. So that was like more than a year of no school board coverage. And, you know, we have all these parents are looking for news about the school board. And um, so we started covering the school board. And all of a sudden, within that that K-12 network, People were telling everybody, telling their friends, guy, Newshawk's covering the school board. <laughs> you know, we didn't have anything profound to say. We just showed up and wrote about what they were doing. Turns out there's an audience for that. And we did that with a lot of a lot of our stories. And like I said, with the analytics, that really kind of helped us refine where we needed to go first. And then um, we've stuck to that model where as long as we're hitting those, those topic areas, our readers are fine. And then, you know, if we have extra resources or extra money or extra staff, we'll put them to something to use somewhere else. But we got to we have to continue to feed what our readers find most important. And that's I think that's been a a large part of our success. It's it's not easy. I mean, um, it's uh, it's a challenge here, just like any other company. You know, the cost of living is really high. Um, There's not enough. There's not enough workforce housing. Um, All of those issues are are certainly not um, we're not immune to those. But. But, um, you know, we, we've got a model that works for us. And I don't know if 10, 15 years from now that, you know, the standard model around the country is, is news hawks, but I'm pretty sure that um, a lot of what we're doing today will be in that final model. You know, we're not just in the ballpark, we're running around the base paths. Yeah. And that's cool, well, that's exciting. Well said, let that be the last time we mentioned Rob Kuznia on this uh, podcast. <laughs> Pulitzer Prize winning Rob Kuznia, whose head is already four times as big as mine. Um, but no, we're friends. Um, I give him a hard time about going from, you know, winning the Pulitzer. Uh, but obviously that's a sign though, right? You know, we have, that's a quality level of journalists we had. Working he would not have done that Newshawk. if he had not worked for Newshawk. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, hey, I want to ask you about something, you know, obviously I've worked at Newshawk since 2014. And so I'm out there on the front lines and, you know, I get a lot of feedback, direct feedback. And I get people who say, Newshawk is amazing. It's awesome. It's great. It's always there. It's first. Um, I love reading your stories. I love what you guys are doing, right? The, the, you've seen it. You mentioned Newshawk. They're, they're light up, right? Um, and I've seen, other, I've, I've listened to other people who um, have been less positive about it, sort of trying to figure out what Newshawk is, right? And so it's leading my question, which is, you know, one of the criticisms I get of Newshawk is, is, is something like, oh, well, you know, maybe they're a little bit too conservative. Maybe they're too moderate or, or you know, or they're, they're like, they, they have those columnists who write about those conservative issues. Um, and I don't know if I, you know, that's sort of what I, what, you know, I don't want that in my coverage. And I always say, well, you know, that's, that's like the opinion section of the newspaper, right? I mean, it's, it's diversity and it's not all of the columnists are like that. But then I get, well, why don't they ever endorse? Why don't they ever get involved in these elections and that sort of thing? So can you talk to me, Bill? Is Newshawk conservative? Is it liberal? Is it something else? And why don't, why doesn't Newshawk endorse in elections? 
NUSOC is, is something else. We're transpartisan, nonpartisan, probably centrist. Um, you know, I'm, a, I'm an entrepreneur and a small business owner. So my, my um, leanings are going to be toward, you know, what's good for small business is good for, for NUSOC and for the community. Um, but, you know, whether you're on the far left or the far right in Santa Barbara County, there's a publication out there just for you. And if you agree with them, that's great. You found a home. They love you. If you disagree with them, you're dead to them. They don't care what you think. They don't want you in their, in their midst. On NewsHawk, we don't care what your opinions are. We're just happy to have you. Um, NewsHawk is a platform for everybody. And if somebody is complaining that they're not seeing uh, writing or opinion columns that um, they like, um, they're welcome to, to write one themselves. I mean, we're open to that. We, we have those. And, and most of those people who are writing for us pitched us an idea. And, uh, you know, it's, as you know, it's hard to, it's hard to write a column um, or hard to write anything on a consistent basis. But um, hard to write a, like, good, a good column. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My column is a testament to that. But, um, uh, but you know, it, we, we're grateful that they want to, um, they, they want to write regularly. And we're happy to publish that. That's, that's a, we, we don't endorse. Um, we don't, you know, half the stuff I, I like, the other half I don't like. But at the end of the day, I don't really care as long as they're writing it for NewsHawk. Mm -hmm. As far as our endorsements, um, NewsHawk doesn't want to endorse um, for several reasons. Um, one of them is that we believe it's our job to just provide our readers with the information and and. and truthful information and facts so that they can make informed choices on their own. They don't need me to tell them how to vote or, or what to think. Um, they're perfectly capable and smart enough to do that on their own. We believe in them. But um, the, other, the other more selfish reason that we don't do that is because we don't have the time or the resources. Um, we have seven full-time journalists. And if we were going to endorse, um, we just don't have the time in our day to interview people. Uh, you know, how many city council candidates and mayor, mayoral candidates were there in this last election, something like a dozen. Like, I don't have the time in my day to interview a dozen people and then, and then thoughtfully come up with, a, uh, with an endorsement or a non-endorsement. Um, but the, the, to be candid, you know, we don't have an ed independent editorial board. Um, it's me. It's Tom Bolton, our executive editor and my business partner. And if we were going to do endorsements, we would be having to involve reporters who are making a choice on an endorsement and then turning around and writing a, a report or reporting on that candidate um, for something they did. And that's totally unethical. And I don't think anybody should be doing that and, and shame on uh, newspapers that, that do it that way. If you're not having, if you don't have an independent edit editorial board, you should not be in the business of endorsements. That's just wrong. And why people let them get away with it. I don't know. Well, um, let's transition from there to um, one of my favorite features in NewsHawk, and you mentioned it, is your column, <laughs> your <laughs> weekly column. <laughs> uh, uh, because, I mean, this, honestly, Bill, this, this is uh, not, you know, personality, Santa Barbara Talks personality, Josh. This is real Josh here. Um, you, like, you're one of the best writers, uh, column writers Thank I've you. seen because you make me laugh. It's hard to get people to laugh out loud with, with humor. It's, it's just, it's very difficult. And then as somebody who's worked with you over the years, um, I know how good of a headline writer you are. And I also know how good of a line editor you are in, in terms of reading my story. So I really appreciate that. So let's talk about your column. Then I want to go into your background. Uh, tell me about your column. Your column's controversial. It's popular. Many of our letters to the editor are saying things like, Bill should never write a column again. And then others are saying, oh, wow, well put, Bill. That was the best thing I read in NewsHawk all week. So, so tell me about your process with your column. Yeah, I think most of my readers wish I had a process. <laughs> I mean, it, <laughs> sorry about that. The, uh, you know, it, it's really just taking the, um, the top five stories of the week and then, and then repackaging them in my own words. You know, you guys have done the hard work on that because you already reported on the, on the issue at hand and i'm just taking what you wrote and and um and you know having some fun with it um for the most part uh, you know it's i think it's more sarcasm than opinion um 
you know, by the nature of our of our site, breaking news is 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 a major uh, driver of our traffic. And so, quite honestly, a lot of times, what I'm writing about is is bad news. I mean, horrific news. Um, just terrible car crashes, you know, train situations. It's it's just the worst stuff. So it's hard to be, you know, you can't be funny. You have to be respectful. Um, it's a lot of times difficult to write, but that's when um, those stories that pop up that aren't, that don't have that kind of death and destruction around them that I can really have some, have some fun, fun with. And, you know, usually they involve city council uh, meetings and those are always good for laughs or should be. Um, but, uh, you know, because Newshawk doesn't um, endorse or make, make a, take political positions doesn't mean we, we abdicate our responsibility as a journalist, uh, you know, as a news organization in, in Santa Barbara. And so, um, you know, I feel like it's my responsibility as Newshawk's publisher to, to speak up and, and to, to help hold public officials specifically accountable for things that they do or don't do because our reporters can't do that. They can only report on that. They can only report the truth. They can't, they can't opine on that. But I, I feel like in my column, I can most of the time gently prod or chide to, to raise, um, to raise uh, awareness about an issue that really needs to be said. Um, you know, why people read the column? Um, you know, some of it's, my mom reads it out of obligation and to criticize my grammar, but, um, you know, I think um, I think most people are just generally interested in what happened in, in the past week. And they a lot of them I hear from them all the time where they, they try to guess the top stories. And you know, sometimes, you know, when you're writing a story as a reporter, you know, it's going in the top five. Um, there's just no question. And then other times it just surprises that it comes out of nowhere. Um, so it's um, it, it's just an interesting thing. But. But the, the genesis of it was, it was just an opportunity to, to recap the top five stories of the week and maybe get, to get them some more additional traffic. <laughs> and sometimes your column recapping the top stories of the week is then in the following week in the top five most read. So that's true. And I, I, that's on you because that's up to you to like kick me out. But uh, if you guys can't write better stories, then I guess it's up to me to, to put then, something in sometimes you embed a video at the end um what did you spend hours searching for that or how, how do you find those um sometimes i come across them in my you know perusing the web uh, a, a lot of times people send them to me uh -huh. so anybody who has a video wants to send them to me um i'll, I'll give you the shout out but um yeah i, I started doing that just because you know video is good for stuff but we're not, we don't make a lot of videos and so um and then sometimes there's just some funny funny videos out there or interesting videos so there's there's no rhyme or reason to it um a lot of times people will just send me the link and um i got on a i think i got on a like three or four weeks where i had people sending me the kind of the same topic of video kind of thing so it's interesting but it, anybody wants to send one to me my uh, email address is on my column good and now uh you know, when I was hired back at that daily paper in 1999, I, I believe you were the copy desk chief, whatever the title was, but you oversaw the editor, copy desk editor. Um, and so I didn't really interact with you much. Um, you were kind of like the other guy, like, like when, when you walked to this side of the newsroom, I was like, uh oh, <laughs> he's either going to fight with the city editor <laughs> or he's going to come to me directly and say something is wrong with my story. That's how, you know, that's kind of how the newsrooms were, right? Like, it's like, yeah, they're over there. <laughs> we're on our side. We over here in the newsroom, we think we're doing all the real work. And you guys over there are like, oh my God, I can't believe another sloppy story from this reporter. We're going to have to clean up. You guys are doing all the real work over there right before it gets published. So it's that little like inner tension that happens in a newsroom. So, I mean, I remember those days and I remember talking to you, but never really getting to know you that well, because I was on the news side, you were on the editing side, but can you talk a little bit, Bill, about, about your journalism background? And, and I mean, you mentioned you're an entrepreneur, you're a small business owner. Um, I imagine many paths were open to you. Why and how did you get into journalism? How'd you end up working for a New York Times company paper? Uh, another good question. Um, yeah. I mean, if I, 
my career path was going to be playing center field for the Dodgers. Oh, okay. But it was uh, not till after high school that I realized the only the only way I'd be p- patrolling center field for the Dodgers would be as a security guard. <laughs> so, um, you know, I couldn't do math. So that was basically left journalism um, or I think aircraft mechanic um, as the only avenue forward. And um, journalism sounded pretty interesting. You know, um, I got into it thinking I wanted to be the next Frank DeFord or, you know, write for Sports Illustrated. Um, but then I had to take a journal, a copy editing class in college. And it was like, oh my gosh, this is fantastic. Um, the, uh, you can, I'm basically lazy. And so um, as a copy editor, somebody else does all the work. You just critique it and improve it if you can. Um, so you admit and, now that we work harder on the news side, on the reporting side. But you do all the work <laughs> okay. and then we have to fix it. So yeah, I, it's, it's, a, it's a trade-off. But um, but copy editing just appealed to me and I think I was, I was kind of good at it. And then um, I got my internship a summer internship at the Houston Post, which was at the time the 23rd largest daily newspaper in the country. And it was owned by the Toronto Sun, which is a tabloid. And the Toronto Sun and its sister Sun papers in Canada are really heavy on visuals and wordplay. And at the time in the early 80s, that was really unusual and very um, groundbreaking. And so, and we weren't a tabloid, but that same mindset drove all of our, of our, our, uh, you know, kind of our, our, our approach and our, the copy editing staff was really, they were tremendous teachers. And I learned so much from my mentors on that desk. And that's where, you know, wordplay was huge. Uh, you, you want to make, because you're, you're trying to get people to, to, you know, we didn't know it at the time, but, you know, click on that story with their eyeballs. And now on the web, it's just as important. And, you know, with NewsHawk, we do try to be search engine optimization conscious with a lot of our headlines, which is why people see repetitively Santa Barbara, Goleta, Santa Maria in our headlines. You know, people get bored by that, but that's really important for search engine stuff. And, um, but you know, the, the wordplay is, you know, you should have fun and it should be a, a pleasing experience for people to, um, you know, not just read uh, the same headlines over and over again. So I think we do a really good job. And we have Michelle Nelson, who's a, a, a superior copy editor. She's a much better editor than I am. And Gianna Magnoli is really good at that, too. And so are you. So we have a we have a lot of good um, uh, good folks who are, are writing stuff. And it's just really important, especially on the internet, because, you know, the, the internet is probably the most impersonal invention ever, but it's also the most personal because, you know, you're reading it on your phone in your space. Um, you know, when you're reading it on a desktop computer, you're, you're a foot or so from the screen, you have it in bed with you, you have it in the car with you. It's, it's always with you. And so it's, it's very invasive. And so, um, but there's a personality and a, and a personal uh, appeal that comes with that, that I think people respond to. And that's really important. So um, I don't know, I rambled on, but I got my start at the Houston post. That was the, that was my, my training ground. And uh, you were able to get hired by the New York times company at that point, or how, how I was, you- I always, I always wanted to come back to California. Oh. And so as soon as I had access to the post's um, stationary, I started in the, the times had bought the daily newspaper here. So I started bombarding them, you know, please hire me, please hire me. And they finally relented and said, all right, fine, come on out for an interview. And, and uh, they were so desperate that they hired me. And that, that was 1987. And I've been here ever since. Wow. I love the community. Wow. And, and, and I will say that I love Sunday nights because that's when you edit and uh, everybody's a good editor at Newshawk, but I like it because I know when I have a story that's due on Sunday, you're going to read it. And two, one of two things is going to happen. You're going to send me an email saying the story sucks and we're holding it, or it's going to have an amazing headline and uh, a whole bunch of amazing links that you're going to put in and uh, you're going to have a stronger nut graph. So I do appreciate you, uh, um, you know, when you don't send me those nasty emails, <laughs> which is not, a I'm not an ogre. <laughs> it does happen, but that's my fault, not yours. 
Um, so um, let's talk a little bit about. I, admit, I do more more work than you. <laughs> when I don't do enough work, yes, you do do more work. Yes, it's, that's there's a correlation. Yes. <laughs> um, so let's talk. Let's kind of go back to the top a little bit. Um, you have um, a history, and people know you in this community also as somebody who founded a newspaper, a physical newspaper, the, the South Coast Beacon. And I know from time to time, people will come up to me and, and say, didn't you used to write for the Beacon? And I'd say, no, I didn't write for the Beacon. Uh, but it's there's a presence, right? People know about it, even though it wasn't around, I don't think, too long. I don't. You can tell me that. But what did you learn? Why? Why did you try to start a newspaper? Um, how did that evolve to the model we see now in terms of what NewsHawk is? Yeah. So Tom Bolton and I founded that newspaper, the South Coast Beacon, in 2002, uh, summer of 2002. It was right as, as Goleta was, um, right after Goleta got cityhood. And um, we had no business being in business. We didn't know what we were doing. We were, we were, we were babes in the woods. And um, it, that thing just was a colossal financial failure. Um, it was a disaster. But we won a ton of journalism awards. We were the California newspaper publishers. Um, uh, we won their top award for our category. And then, and to this day, I'm, I'm amazed how many people will, will, will uh, you know, talk about the South Coast Beacon in reverential terms. Um, it really did make a difference, but financially it was a disaster. And so, uh, you know, my, my lesson was <laughs> I should have cut it, should have, shut it down a year earlier because I sure could have used that money for Newshawk. But, um, but, you know, there were, it was good because um, it helped me when I, when I was at the daily newspaper, people would, would pitch us stories. Um, and the whole time they're talking, I remember I would be, you know, have my arms crossed and I'd be trying to think like, what is their agenda here? What are they, you know, if I didn't think of it or you didn't think of it, then, you know, why are they approaching us? What, what do they want out of this? There's, there's some ulterior motive here. But when I had the beacon, it forced me to realize that everybody has an agenda. Every single person in this town has an agenda. But for the most part, the vast majority of them, they're just passionate about what they do and they just want to share it. That's their agenda. They, they don't, they just want other people to know about this cause or, or effort that they're doing. And that's a really powerful thing, especially in a small town. And so, um, you know, we've taken that to heart with NewsHawk and have tried to make sure that we tell those stories respectfully or allow them to tell their stories on NewsHawk respectfully and, and um, have that platform to share because we think that that makes our community a better place. And as you know, we can't possibly report on all those stories. We don't have the staff. We're never going to have the staff. Even if we had 70 reporters, we couldn't have the, the staff to report on all those. But if those people want to write something up and share it with us, we're more than happy to share it with the community. Um, but the, I think the other, I mean, you know, I, I, uh, I can honestly say that um, I don't think I've made the same mistakes that we made with the Beacon. I just make new ones. <laughs> I'm a quick study. Yeah, well, you, you adjust well, right? You know, so yeah. that's that's the sort of a, a characteristic of a journalist. Uh, you, you can't figure a story out. You figure out a different way to get it yeah. done. You have no choice but to get it to get it in. Um, and again, this goes back to my theme of like, you know, I work for you and we talk a lot digitally and, you know, in person a couple times a week. Um, but um, I don't really know too much about you. Um, can you talk to our readers about like what your life is like in Santa Barbara? I know you live in Montecito. Um, I did a Riven Rock Road story. I'm like, oh, that's Bill lives there too, you know, kind of thing. Um, you know, just a little when you're not immersed in Newsock, what are you doing? Where are we most likely to see you around town? Uh, I'm not sure if you can see this, but can you see her? Do you, what, what are we looking at? Oh, you know, you don't see Sadie. Oh, she. I saw. Right I saw Sadie earlier. Sailor's been. Sadie's been in the background for a lot of this interview. That's that's pretty much. You know, Sadie pretty much runs the household. Okay. My wife Missy and I. Yeah, we've lived in Montecito for nearly thirty years now. But um, our kids grew up here, um, and uh, you know, I, I I've always joked that I live it. I I 
sleep in Montecito. I walk the dog in Montecito and I go to church in Montecito. But I pretty much live in Santa Barbara and Goleta. Obviously with COVID, that's not the case anymore. I've been, I've been uh, uh, staying more in Montecito, but um, it's, you know, it's pretty much news hawk all the time. It, it is 24 seven and I'm usually doing something on it, but um, you know, I'm walking the dog. Sadie has a bigger uh, media presence in Santa Barbara than I do. Um, she's Instagram famous. Mm-hmm. You can follow her at Sadie, the Alaskan Malamute. But, um, you know, we walk throughout Montecito, especially after the debris flow. I've walked and, and gone pretty much everywhere um, and chronicled a lot of that. Um, watch a lot of Dodgers baseball. Thank goodness for direct TV. Um, I, I never miss a game. Um, and then uh, if I'm not here, I'm usually at the Santa Barbara Club. <laughs> right. Well, it is true. The only bias we have at New Sock is toward Giants fans. At least that's my only bias. So, Well, I, and I would slightly disagree because since 2017, okay. uh, I, I, have, I have a new appreciation for Giants fans. I'm less antagonistic toward them, including Jerry Roberts. Um, but Houston Astros, oh. that is the devil now. Yeah, they're the new Giants. Evil. <laughs> um, they lose every game. You know, uh, let me, I want to kind of put you on the spot here a little bit, and then I want to wrap up and sort of talk about what's ahead for Newshawk. But, you know, looking at what you've done and how far you've come, you know, you, you left the daily paper before, you know, all of the real turmoil uh started to hit i think you sort of saw it ahead of time um and then you went off and you know you 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 were an entrepreneur you started the beacon uh it didn't work you learned from that and here we are you know we've seen other newspapers come and go in town uh we've seen them sort of uh start be successful and then fail uh, it's hard to be a newspaper. Uh, 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 it's hard to have a newspaper in Santa Barbara County. And here you are, right? Newshawk is here to stay. It's well-known. It's well-respected, like every media entity. Of course, there's people who, you know, it's not their first choice, but um, there's no more like, is Newshawk going to make it? It's now like, how big is Newshawk going to get? How do you feel, Bill, just as a, as a, uh, this is a small business owner, an entrepreneur. It's just just a guy who's been through so much drama, so much newspaper negativity, and you've sort of survived. And here you are, and you've done something really amazing. I mean, how, do you ever stop and think about that? And how do you how do you how do you sort of assess your life and how far you've come? Yeah, I don't I don't think we. Oh, I appreciate that. Um, thank you. Um, I don't think we have time for the. Uh, for my Lewis and Clark, uh, analogy, but, um, but honestly, the, I do think about it because, you know, I'm invested in this community. I've wanted to live in Santa Barbara my entire life. Um, I'm here, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. Um, this is my home. I'm proud of this community and I want to leave it in a better place than how I found it. And I feel, you know, I can't do that. I can't go build a building or save some property, but I can, I can, um, you know, lead a news organization that's reporting on this community with respect and, and um, appreciation for who it is and who our, our residents are. And so I think, um, you know, that that's important to me. Um, nobody has figured out how to make local news successful. Um, that model is still very much in open for discussion. And the fact that we're doing this, um, have been doing this for 15 years, um, is really, um, you know, something to be proud of, but it's not something that we're, we're resting on our laurels. We know we can do better. We, we think there's a better way to do it. We're, we continuously review our operation to see how we can do things better or, or more efficiently. And so, um, you know, we're, we're always looking for that. And, but somebody in the next few years is going to figure out how to do, make local news sustainable hyper-local news, sustainable. And we want NewsHawk to be that, the one that figures that out. We want a NewsHawk to be the one that everybody points to and says they did it the right way. And so, you know, that's my objective um, for NewsHawk 
And, but part of it, it comes back to the community. Um, I love this community. Um, our employees love this community. Um, we want to be here. Um, we could be anywhere. Um, we could be anywhere doing something probably, you know, a lot more um, profitable or, uh, you know, faster growth. But Santa Barbara is really important to us and, and Santa Barbara deserves a really quality news organization. And that's what, we're, what we strive to deliver every single day. And I can tell you that that's, that's our, uh, my business partners, Tom Bolton and Kim Clark, and that's our culture and our company. And that goes down to our newest employee, uh, to our most senior employee. Everybody is, is, is invested in that. And that's who, who we want to serve. This is about our community. It's not really about us. Um, but like I said, if we, if we were recognized within our, within our, in our industry as being the one that figured it out, that'd be great. Because it should be it should be Santa Barbara that that is in that conversation, you know. As we know, the world revolves around Santa Barbara. It's, it seems to everything seems to come through here eventually. Now, um, real quick, did you ever think of a different career after you left? Um, you know, the daily newspaper. Did you? Do you think I'm just going to go do be an entrepreneur in some other field? Um, and well, I kind of fell into it. Um, the I, I didn't have that that discussion with myself after leaving the daily, but I did after I left, after I shut down the beacon and I was actually looking at, um, specialized information publishing, IE newsletters, because people, had, a couple of people had approached me and said, Hey, could you do a newsletter for me? And I thought, well, this is interesting. I wonder if you can actually make a living doing just newsletters. Mm -hmm. And so I started researching it and turns out you can. And I, I joined this organization and I went to this national conference in Washington, D.C. And, you know, when I would go to a journalism news newspaper conference, people would be talking about Craigslist and the sky is falling and we're having to lay off people. And, you know, why am I in this business? But when I went to this uh, this specialized information publishing conference, the sky could not have been bluer. They were so hopeful about the internet, so excited about where they were going. And what, it, what I learned from that brief experience was that in newsletters, it really is all about specialized information. You want to identify your niche, and then you want to keep narrowing the niche until you get to the exact people who feel like they're going to die if they don't know what you know. And they will read your publication. They'll pay any amount of money for that publication. They will that's their lifeblood. And so when I decided to start NewsHawk, um, that was one of our philosophies is to, you know, whatever niche we were pursuing, make sure that we are absolutely covering it so thoroughly that we, we absolutely have their, their loyalty going forward. They're, they're going to count on us come hell, hell or high water, and they will be our amb ambassadors to tell everybody else about it. Mm -hmm. And I think we've done that. We've done that with K-12 education, thanks to the reporting that you and and Gianna and the guy whose name I won't mention, um, because of what you guys did, I think we're known in K-12 education as the, the go-to source for whatever's happening in our schools. You know, we hear it from parents, we hear it from uh, teachers, we hear it from administrators, we hear it from the community. Um, we've also done that with housing development, thanks to your work um, with the planning commission stories and, and all those other commissions that, that um, run Santa Barbara. Um, and we've done that in sports with Barry and now Mark Patton. Um, so it's really exciting to see those niches, but that's what they are is we just want to continue to identify niches and then, and then burrow into them. And that, that, that makes us be, um, you know, unimpeachable as a source for new, for local news and information in Santa Barbara County. Yeah. Well said. And on that note, what's, what's to come 2022, um, I know you're always talking about internally what we're going to do down the road, what New Sox's going to do. So you want to share a little bit of that um, as we wrap up with the public? Sure. Um, we're not quite ready to sponsor Dodger Stadium, but uh, that's, that's, on, that's on my to-do list. Okay. Um, we, uh, our biggest initiative is also our scariest. Um, we've been, uh, we're part of uh, the NewsPack Constellation, which is an initiative uh, our partnership of um, WordPress, Google News Initiative, and several national journalism foundations. And they really 
they really recruited NewsHawk because um, of our the complexity of our of our op operation and our longevity. But their idea was that um, small sites, independent sites like ours, are spending too much time and resources and money, frankly, on back-end stuff that um, is taking away from their journalism product. And so what they're trying to do is create a platform that that is that can um, work across all sites in their family and free up that those resources and money so that they can put that back into the journalism. Um, we're doing fine on our own with our current uh, system, but we also see the benefit of having that kind of those kind of resources and assets behind us. Um, it doesn't help. It doesn't hurt to have uh, WordPress and Google, you know, intentionally pulling for NewsHawk and and providing some support there. And we do have uh, uh, needs that we want to we want to fill that you know we can't do that if we're constantly trying to figure out how to get our own platform to work that way. So that's exciting. It's been going on for almost two years. We still have probably another two months to go before we make that switch. And it's, it's exciting and terrifying all at once because I know something's going to break. And the last thing I want is for, you know, news hawk readers to work, wake up one day and, and they can't find what they're looking for because we didn't anticipate something. So, um, but once we, we make that transition, um, our readers are going to see a much more efficient, faster uh, website and we'll be able to do things on the fly where uh, in emergency situations we'll be able to make some changes like effortlessly that we just can't make now so I, I think it's going to be a much more dynamic product for our for our readers um, we have Jade Martinez Pogue who's doing a, um, a, a USC uh, a California Health Journalism Fellowship at USC's Annenberg School I think this is NewsHawk's fourth or fifth fellowship there. And um, hers is on um, Santa Barbara County's, um, you know, woeful absence of facilities for people going through mental health crises and why that is and what we can do about that. So we're excited about that. We should start seeing some reporting on that in the next couple of months. Um, and that will be like a second quarter project. Um, then I know that we're looking at, um, that you guys on side are looking at fentanyl deaths and the opioid crisis. And that's, that's just exploding in Santa Barbara County as it is elsewhere. So we're looking at some of those circumstances. And then, um, uh, oh, uh, college readiness and the college and career readiness for local high school students in both the South Coast and North County. Um, we'll be doing that later this year, which is an ongoing issue, and that's really been exacerbated by the COVID-19 situation. And then we, uh, COVID had to uh, force us to shelve our plans for a direct public offering for the company, but we're looking at resurrecting that um, late this year or early next year um, so that we can raise some funding to make sure that NewsHawk is positioned so that after Tom and Kim and I retire and I moved to Los Alamos that, um, uh, you know, NewsHawk can continue to thrive and, and that we can expand our staff, pay them more, depending on the, on how this interview goes, that would include you. <laughs> I'm going to do a little creative editing now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pressure's on you, Josh, but, uh, you know, just put NewsHawk in a, in a, in a better position to grow for the future. Um, we're going to be fine, but we, we want to we want to start looking at not our uh, legacy seems kind of like too ambitious for me but um but that is really what we're looking at we want to make sure that you know once we've passed from the scene NewsHawk has the wherewithal to to continue on and isn't in a like a life or death situation we think it's a really important we want to be there for our community yeah well it's definitely an, an exciting time to um, be at NewsHawk, but also um, I think for, for readers, for the public, you know, to sort of constantly be seeing what NewsHawk is doing, how it's growing and how it's improving. You know, our breaking news is like crazy. Like even over the two week period here of, you know, as government shuts downs, 
you know, Tombo and Gianna, I had some time off there, so I'm not going to count myself here. Although I am doing a story today uh, on the school's beat um, to keep up Rob Kuznia. Whoops, I said his name, <laughs> Legacy. No, um, you know, Newshawks 24-7, right? Like if something, you, yeah. if people, if there's a, a um, if there's a traffic jam on Highway 101 or somebody sees some smoke in the sky, they're going to go to Newshawk to find out what happens. And I think uh, that's just one of the many different offerings that, that Newshawk brings uh, for sure. And of course your investment in podcasting, I know this is separate, but you know, your embracement of my idea has also uh, uh, helped quite a bit, I'm sure with your, your audience. Well, and let me just say something about that too, because I was, I was, uh, I wasn't a big um, podcast listener um, uh, prior actually to you, Uh but the, um, the value of it is the personalization of, of you. I, I see that as a, as a net benefit for Newshawk because the more that we can demystify how journalists approach the news and how we report on the news, I think is important for people to understand, especially with our readers, because they're so, so engaged with what we do. Um, they're so invested in us that, they, um, that that's really important to know. And so, um, you know, if they just read a story and it's by Josh Molina and they, they don't really know um, who, how he approaches a subject, they're going to make a, make a decision or a value judgment on just what those words are. But if they see you, notwithstanding this disaster of an interview, but if they see you <laughs> with a public official and, and how you're approaching this and, and how your, your mindset works with the questions, that helps them establish more of a respect for you and an understanding and appreciation for what you do and how you do your job. And that only benefits us because this isn't, this isn't some mysterious thing that you know, we're doing, we're just asking questions and we're reporting the truth. That's all a journalist can do. And if you, if they can see us do that work in, um, in kind of a more natural setting, I think it really helps them uh, humanize it. And that, that works to our benefit. We have tremendous people on our staff, tremendous people. And um, uh, I'm really proud of the work that they do and i think shining a little spotlight or you know pulling back the curtain through this podcast is really is really good for us and you yeah all right well thank you bill i really appreciate you uh, spending some time here on a, a sunday afternoon and i'm gonna get done here and go back finishing my my school board story <laughs> uh, yeah because i need that story 